3: Hey guys, if you really like this episode, please support our podcast by going to talkmurder.com slash join and becoming a Talko Supremo. Peewee Gaskins. Now, if you're from the South, you've probably heard of this name before. Standing small at barely five feet, Peewee was often regarded as an all bark, no bite type. However, as you'll hear from this story, appearances can be real deceiving. So y'all come on down to my neck of the woods in South Carolina, where we probe into the sick and twisted psyche of one of the worst serial killers in American history. Yeah, I looped it a little bit. That's for you, Shannon from Seattle.
2: Welcome to tonight's episode of Talk Murder to Me. Me, 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 me. <laughs> wow. I told you something a little different. You well, know? guess
0: what, guys? If you were keeping track like I am, it is officially one month, 14 days, and 22 hours until our live show. If you are going to be in the Boston area, on August 8th, 2019. That is a Thursday night. Please come support us and come to Shoveltown Brewery located in Easton, Mass for a very special live event. That's right. You get to see John, Nicole, and myself live uh, for a live episode of Talk Murder to Me. They're going to have lots of laughs, lots of fun, lots of beer. They're actually crafting a very special true crime themed beer for the episode that we're going to be doing. So it's going to be a great event. Tickets are going to be $20. You can get them on our Facebook page. And uh, we hope to see some of you or all of you there. There's only going to be 50 seats, so you got to get the tickets fast. I know Danny and Shannon already bought their tickets. That's um, That's right. So that's we're, right. we're very, very excited to see all of you guys. Uh, I personally cannot wait for a live show. I think it's going to be fantastic. Actually, I know it's going to be fantastic because yeah. if you love all the debauchery that you hear weekly, uh, you will love the live show because it's a lot more dysfunctional than what we put out there.
2: That's right. plus, there will be uh, some interaction from the fans. It sounds like Don's got some really fun things planned, but he won't obviously he won't tell us. So he's been communicating with the brewery directly, the brewmaster to uh, design the beer f- for the event. Um, and we're just we're super, super excited about it. So thank you everybody in advance and for your support. If you can't make it out to Easton
0: Massachusetts, don't worry. What we're going to do is we're going to document our entire road trip up the East Coast from Charleston to
2: Massachusetts. But if you're within a three-hour drive of eastern Massachusetts, I fully expect you to be there. So, tonight, we are drinking Pee Wee Herman's, which is really weird. Also, maybe it's Pee Wee Herman because it looks like the color of really dehydrated pee. It looks like Mountain Dew. You know
0: Why? Why? Because it is Mountain Dew. The, the rep- recipe. <laughs> well, I know that. <laughs> I know I'm drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> All right. So, the recipe for this drink is very simple. It called for whiskey and a citrus flavored soda. So, I chose Mountain Dew because, fun fact Mountain Dew was actually created for the sole purpose of being a mixer with hmm. whiskey.
2: I had no idea, actually. It's not bad. I don't love it, but I don't really like the taste of whiskey in, in general. Yeah. Nor the taste of, like, Mountain Dew in general.
0: Oh, well, then this is not the drink for you.
2: I mean, it's, it's like, acceptable. It's yeah. not the worst drink we've no. We've had some pretty bad drinks yes, in this I think it's pretty good. See S- like episode it. two. No, three. three. Tomato killer. That was <laughs> probably the worst. Terrible. That was awful. Uh, yeah, that was the worst drink ever. Now, I
0: have a surprise for you guys other than the surprise shots. Okay, okay. As you may or may not know... Mountain Dew has different varieties. They have, I remember there's blue, right? There's the blue. I don't know what that one's called. There's Code Red. There's li- There used to be one called Live Wire that was orange. And then there's Baja Blast at Taco Bell. That one's uh. like a greenish color. Um, but tonight I have here for you some Code Red mixed with whiskey.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Because Let me try red, that.
0: Code Red is it's own separate entity what what flavor is code me, red i it's cherry and i think it's the oh. the best mountain dew flavor out there
2: all right let me LimeWire yes. wire was okay but i like code red i like that more i think you know i had a a friend uh in college actually we're invited to her wedding in september but Ooh. we're not gonna go so she used to drink a two liter bottle of mountain dew every single day mountain I like, dew mouth a, t- a two-liter bottle of Mountain Dew she every would single day. Stick a straw in the two-liter bottle. I think it was Diet Mountain Dew because she was a slim girl. Yeah. And this, we used to live right over. Uh, so we went to school in Baltimore and you're on your um, senior housing. So she actually went to uh, Belgium with us, but she only lasted one semester. She's the only person womp who womp. was only there for a semester versus a year. And um, she was my spin class buddy. And every spin. Every single day, she would walk to the CVS on York Road, which was, like, right, you know, right around the corner from our apartment. Oh, my gosh. Like, the
0: upperclassman housing at Quinnipiac was called York Hill. That's weird. That's a weird
2: coincidence. So, she would walk there and buy a two-liter of Mountain Dew every day, and the... Ladies at the counter one day, like they were out of Mountain Dew and they literally reserved her, her bottles because they knew she was going. Oh like, it was wild, intense. I can't, I can't, and I, I don't, think I don't. The reason, the real reason why she didn't last in Belgium was because they didn't have Mountain Dew over there. Really? Yeah. Like it's an, it well, was an addiction. You know, it's a
3: Mountain Dew mouth. Like, well, she had, like I West didn't West know what Virginia that has. was until
0: today, and I'm horrified. That's yeah, terrible. That's what
3: then West Virginians get up there. Mountain Mountain Dew mouth. Well,
0: someone called into a Charleston radio show recently and said that their grandfather or their great grandfather was the inventor of Mountain Dew. Hmm.
3: For people that drink a lot of Mountain Dew all day long and never gain any weight, there's a thing called tofu. Tofu or tofu? I don't know what it is. Tofu? It's thin on the outside, fat on the inside. Mm -hmm. You could be diabetic from drinking a lot of Mountain Dew and like be. Completely skinny.
0: Yeah. Type 1 diabetics aren't always overweight. Type 2 usually are. So I would be Fofi. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like think about what the acronym Fofy. was. Fofi.
3: What was that one thing? Uh, Fofi. Fat Full on the falafel. outside, fat
0: on the inside.
3: No, um, fat upper.
0: Poopa. Poopa. Fupa. Fat upper pubic pussy region. Area. Pussy
2: area.
0: <laughs> I, I call it pubic area, but you can call it pussy area. Call it what you want. I do have one. It's not as big as it used to be, but... Okay,
2: so we're drinking Pee-wee, Herm- Pee-wee Herman's. Because that was the hint. <laughs> uh, he creeped me Wait. the fuck out. <laughs> I actually really liked Pee-wee's oh play-
0: my God. So How? It was, I don't know. I just think it was he's cool so with the animated creepy. furniture. He was creepy, but the show was kind of He's got two million, million cool. followers on Twitter. He's so effing and creepy. And he posts like every day. Wasn't he arrested for like yes. exposing himself? Child pornography.
3: Yeah, but he's like posting pictures of like Tony Hawk oh. and like... John Cena and still? shit.
2: What is his yeah, real name? Yeah, like every
3: day. It's like people really P- want to see Pee Wee. Like
2: guys, no. Like he should post Posting pictures with them or of them?
3: With them. Like Buddy Buddy with Pee Wee Herman.
0: What is That's his real, real name? Like
3: The Rock was with him or something.
0: Can someone please tell me Pee Wee Herman's real That's name? That's his name. I will bet $5 that he was not named to Pee Wee.
2: As a child, you don't sound very confident about that, Jen. I would have bet more than five dollars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, guess what? I have some big news. What's that? We have a brand new tier on talkmorecom oh, yeah! join yeah. the small talko tier.
0: The small talko tier. Because we get
3: a lot of messages from people. there are like, "Oh my god, I love your podcast. I binged them all, and I just as soon as I get paid, you know, I'm gonna support you guys or whatever." I mean, money's tight.
2: We get then we a have like four dollars for us
0: too yeah. to our names right <laughs> now. Like if so if it, my belt were money, it would be like I would need three sizes bigger on a belt because that's, my belt is so tight. So
3: we're giving a tw- we're doing a twenty dollars. <laughs> it's a twenty dollars tier. And you get access to the forum. You basically get everything that Tacos Primos get, but we don't send the T-shirt because then we just lose money. But
2: I think that's a good deal. I think it's
3: a great deal. 20 bucks, you can support your favorite podcast, be part of the forum, be part of community, and you can submit your hometown story. So if you got one story that you want to do but you don't want to become a Tacos Primo, you can just do that. Submit your story to me.
0: Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise.
2: This looks dangerous.
3: Oh, that was good.
0: I like that. Hmm. I'm going to let Nicole guess because I already know what it is. Was it raspberry vodka?
3: No, what is it, Jen?
0: It is the Smirnoff red, white, and blue. Oh, that was good.
3: No, that's not correct. It's the red, white, and berry. By Smirnoff. So the hint tonight was Pee Wee. So, Nicole, where are we going and who are we killing tonight?
2: Okay. I've been thinking a lot about this. Really? I think. (laughs) Yes. I've been trying to up my game. I'm trying to up my game because I feel like my past couple of guests have been a little weak.
0: Mine are always weak.
2: Well, we we try. I mean, it's hard to come up with original material Mm -hmm. or like literally pulling stuff out of our ass. Not literally. That'd be weird. Anyway. Well,
3: literally for me, yeah. There's anyway, a lot of shit up there. So
0: you know your intestines can hold up to ten pounds of waste.
2: Okay, so I think the Pee Wee thing is less about Pee Wee Herman but more about pedophilia hmm. and oh. a killer who uses a going to pedo to lure children.
3: A Pee Wee Herman stick?
2: Not a Pee Wee Herman stick. <laughs> I'm saying a Pee Wee Herman esh shtick, to lure children into a trap. So I actually think the story we are doing tonight is John Wayne Gacy. Ooh.
3: You saw that I bought the Gacy book. No. Jen, where are we going? Who are we killing?
2: Hmm. I like Nicole's
0: guess about Gacy, except I feel like he would use the hint chuckles for Mm. Gacy.
3: Well, Um, the clown's name was Pogo.
0: Oh, was it Pogo? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Chuckles. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about half the time anyway. I think we're going to New York, and I think it's going to involve a, like a, a kids' baseball team. Some sort of—maybe it was oh, like pee-wee. a base, baseball coach or something.
3: Oh,
0: Very pee-wee clever. Baseball.
3: Very clever. So
0: maybe not baseball. Maybe like a child's sport because sometimes they call it wee football, you know. But something to do with that. Mm. And I'm also going with, like, kind of that. Children. Children.
2: Yeah. Children are the victims here.
3: All righty, then. Those are some pretty interesting guesses.
2: Is Gacy in Illinois? I guess I didn't
3: guess. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah, He's
0: okay. in Des which is where my mom is from.
3: Hmm. Illinois. Is, I bought Lincoln the Gacy. Land. The
2: Lincoln Land. Yeah, we now know. It. it's not yeah. Lincolnland is not Nebraska, despite its capital name.
3: So I want to say we did have a fan in Talkos Primo guess who this killer is tonight. So this is Will calling in. Hey, Talk Murder Team. It's Will and Heather from Columbia. Uh, we were just thinking that the the uh, murderer this week must be Pee Wee Gaskins with that with that drink choice there. Pee Wee Gaskins is a uh, a serial killer who was born right here in South Carolina, in Florence actually, and he was electrocuted in Columbia, where we live. Um, he was once called the meanest man in America. Uh, thanks, tell- Will. Oh, thanks, Will. All right, so this is going to be a rather interesting episode. This will probably be a two-parter. You're not right. I'm sorry. Damn uh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. Okay, but to get started, I need the help of my third-place Geography B
2: Where's our map?
3: We don't need it. We got a third-place winner here.
2: Clearly I'm not. Uh, I'm cl- <laughs> clearly, you don't want me as your expert, so I didn't win. Right.
3: Nicole, tell me. Which one is closer to Charleston? Polly's Island or Merle's Inlet? I know. Wait, hold on. She's thinking. Do, 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 do. There's like smoke coming um, from her.
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think when we drove through Hilton Head, or not Hilton Head, um, to Myrtle Beach. I think Polly's Island is closer to Charleston. And it's Merle's Inlet.
3: <laughs> Jen, you're wrong. Oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow, you were so determined to just be right over me. Wow, ouch. I thought it, I I don't yeah. know why I thought that. So okay, um well,
3: whatever, I'm wrong.
2: I'll take the hit. I'll take the blame.
3: Myrtle's inlet is a town, a small town. Just outside of Myrtle Beach. Yeah, it's just is is almost literally connected to Myrtle Beach.
0: Oh well so I Polly's thought it was Island, south of Charleston, like going towards
3: Savannah, so I was totally wrong. Polly's Island is almost in the middle between us and Myrtle Beach. So And I'll get into this a little bit later, but the book that I am pulling all and we're going to be reading a lot tonight. And usually these guys are like, "Yeah, let me read." Because I read good. Yeah, Mm. let me read. Let me read. (laughs) Let me ask you if you really want to read after we read the first few paragraphs of this. I
0: don't (laughs) say that. I slur my words half the time. Never mind mixing up the letters. You won't want
3: to read this. But anyway, I'm pulling this from a book tonight. Called Final Truth. Now, you're not gonna find this at the bookstore. You're not gonna find this at Barnes and Noble. You can't get it on Amazon Kindle. In fact, the only place you can buy it is on eBay if someone has it, and that's for about five or six hundred dollars. What? Because the book was so gruesome, it was actually banned and what? taken A banned off book? the shelf. Whoa. But being me, I found the book. It was actually someone had the book and I think it was a, a girl. I, c- I couldn't tell on the forum, but she actually she took pictures of each page of her cell phone, uploaded it into PDF. So I have the whole PDF, and I'm going to put it on our forum for Talkos Primos and small Talkos. You'll probably want to download this book. Oh my! It's gosh. probably the best true crime book I've ever read in my life, really? and it's an autobiography. What? But it's Wait, ex- what? extremely gruesome. It's extremely graphic, and it will literally keep you up at night. But anyway, let oh, me get good. on to it. I'm Excellent. glad
0: to hear that the night, two nights after staying up until 2.30 <laughs> a.m., which means the night next night after you, you're even more tired, I'm going to be kept up even further.
3: Yeah. And for I you guys don't that don't know, we are recording tonight from Charleston, South Carolina, which is really close to where this takes place. In fact, the killer has come through our neck of the woods down here in Mount Pleasant. Of Charleston County. And has went all the way to Sullivan's Island. And which is all in swim. his book. All right. So anyway, we're starting the story in Polly's Island. This is mid-September 1969. Now, do you remember? I, I don't know the name because the name was never made public. Or,
0: 21st night of the. I don't think
3: anyone's ever reported her missing, to be honest. But an 18- or 19-year-old blonde tanned and quote better looking than most was hitchhiking i mean this was a 70s and oh, was the
0: late 60s wasn't it
3: well it was 69 i mean almost 70s hitchhiking was like a thing the title i put on this slide is this is why you don't hitchhike okay?
0: maybe that's the answer to my problems nicole maybe i should just hitchhike from long island to jfk next i think it's weekend. illegal what if i offer to pay them is that hitchhiking
2: that's prostitution. Mm. I think.
0: I think that's the reverse. <laughs> of I think prostitution. That's an Uber. If you, if or sex work rather. If if you offer someone, oh no, that is prostitution.
2: You're right.
3: <laughs> There's nothing wrong with sex works. You know, you got to make. You got to put food in your mouth.
2: Okay. Anyway.
3: All right. So it's about mid afternoon. This girl's name was Lila or Lila. I've seen both. Okay.
2: Lila. Now
3: she was walking hitchhiking near Polly's Island, and. A man pulls up, you know, a nice man. Hey, where are you going? Do you need a lift? It's hot out here. South Carolina heat. It
0: it gets hot here. Uh, It was so hot today. It was disgusting.
3: So she said, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. She puts her duffel bag in the back, and she said she's going to, quote, Charleston tonight, Jacksonville tomorrow. In fact, she was going down to meet a bunch of friends because this girl, during the summertime... She works on the yachts with Ooh, all the rich that's people. That's
2: probably a good job. Yacht yep, murder and to me.
3: She takes tips and gets, you know. But anyway, she was blabbing on, 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 about this yacht thing, how she travels. She's been to the Caribbean and the Bahamas, and she's so young and all this stuff. And anyway, the killer was driving her, and he said, all right, I'm not going to Jacksonville, but I am going to Charleston, so I can at least take you there. hmm so they, they drive, 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 drive. And she just keeps blabbing about herself and, like, how great she is and all um, this shit.
2: Sounds very millennial. Mm, yeah, very millennial.
3: Yeah. And
2: anyway, he just got no sick offense, of it. No offense to our millennials, but he just seemed like a... We're millennials.
3: So he got kind of sick of it. and He said, listen. He just interrupted her. Like, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to Charleston. I'll take you to a nice... Seafood restaurant, my favorite seafood restaurant in Charleston. <laughs> what?
0: <Sorry>. Anchorman? <laughs> yes. What? I'll take your mother, Dorothy Mantu, to a nice seafood dinner <laughs> and never call her again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you picked up on that. Yeah. I, um, I did you know what I also have to say is that millennials is more commonly used as a term. We
3: got called millennials as. We are millennials. Yeah, I know, but we got, like
0: negative reviews. We got a negative times. review
3: calling us That's what I'm saying.
0: It's like millennials are <laughs> like, is most commonly used as a an, a, an offensive term at, rather than like a generational term. Like you don't hear people say, those baby boomers, like you know what I mean? Those
3: Gen Xers. Yeah, no, <laughs>
0: I know. It's like, like we're the worst people in the entire world, so bring it. <laughs>
3: Anyway, um, okay. So he said, I'm going to Charleston. I'll take you to a nice seafood restaurant, my favorite restaurant. If you know me, then you know what my favorite seafood restaurant is. The Wreck. Yes.
2: Have you guys ever been to Fleet Landing?
3: No, I haven't. Yeah. But
2: Don't he like says, it? I'll take that you to wreck a- Wreck is really good. Yeah, in comparison. I mean, I the, the, what's nice about Fleet Landing is the view. That's it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I've eaten there. I, I'd like to The Wreck, though. Good fried seafood. We should go yeah. there. Too bad that i not <sighs> open now.
3: Can I have another drink? Oh, you'll go to rec but you won't go to IHOP. Yeah.
0: Well, seafood's kind of bad. I want some
3: fucking pancakes. I don't I need ice in this. Here. Is it cold at least? Mm. Try I don't it. Know. No, I'm not drinking yours. You drink that. We all drink together. I what don't the fuck's wrong like with that rule? Yeah, it's just living large, all these cell phones and tapes and all kinds of stuff. So the man says, I'll take you to a no, nice seafood it. restaurant and then we can get a hotel room. Now she was kind of
0: tell me something good
3: offended Uh -uh. i guess she was like no thanks she was like really snobby no thanks okay no thanks and then he was like well that's fine i'll just drop you off right here and then you can walk to charleston and she's like fine just pull over because i don't i don't do that that's not me Good okay. for
2: her, I guess. Although it yeah, sounds good. like she's going to end up dead. So. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Is me. She is definitely going to end up dead. All right.
3: Be. Who those, wants to read this those first one? the
2: right
0: lyrics,
2: but I'm saying it anyway.
3: Who wants to read this first one?
2: In those days, the stretch of highway south from Myrtle Beach to Georgetown was a two-lane blacktop, narrow with no shoulders, and drainage ditches on both sides. It was a couple of miles before I got to a dirt road where I could pull off. When I stopped, I turned sideways on the seat and stared at her. And that was the moment when my miracle came shining down. Now, don't get me wrong. I know I didn't see no real beam of light like Paul said he saw, but I find my answer as surely as he found his. And the answer was simple. What I had to do was kill her. I remember smiling to myself and wondering why I hadn't ever thought of that before. (laughs) If she was dead, she couldn't ever tell the law or nobody nothing. So once I had made up my mind to decide that she was going to die anyhow, I could do anything I wanted with her. Anything. I kept smiling and draped my arm over the seat and waited. She smiled back at me and turned to reach for her duffel bag.
3: What Nicole just read was actually the moment... When this killer it came like he said, is like a beam of light. It came to him. Wait, I should become a serial killer. If you read the book, you'll see where he's that comes oh, to him God like a thought. I like I more. must be a serial killer now.
0: And I just wanna add John wasn't laughing at the content of this book. I think he was laughing at my reaction. If you guys are familiar with the Miss J meme where he go he like is clutching his pearls essentially, you if you all know what I mean what I'm talking about, that's pretty much what my reaction was.
3: She reaches for a duffel bag. The guy So lit-
2: this is the this is the guy who picks her up after that other guy drops her off.
3: Or no, no, guy? no. This is the same guy. Oh, okay. She's about to get out of his car. Gotcha. Okay, she's like I don't... I'm not that type of girl. So she grabs her duffel bag in the back gotcha. seat of her car, and as she's pulling it out to exit the vehicle, this guy slams his fist right into the side of her head. Oh. Just like, bow! And she hits... Her head actually hits the dash. Now, she's dazed and effused, but not for long because he just punches her twice. Boom, boom. She ends up on the floorboard. Okay, this is not going well for her. All I'd right, say... He kept hitting her until she didn't move. Then he took off her belt and tied her hands behind her back. Okay. Then he took off his belt and looped it around her neck. Remember he already decided in his mind he's gonna kill this girl. She's dying. Yeah. And she was kinda snarky, you know.
2: Snooty. How did people
0: like decide that? Like that I just don't understand. Like, oh just well, driving well, along. You know, probably, what I
2: do? probably I good things you don't empathize with that.
3: So he drove down the road a quarter mile to this like, you know, if you look on the side of the highway and there's like all these trees that are being cut down, like a clear cut operation going on. Mm -hmm. And there's like a big turnaround where the big log trucks can make a big turnaround. Uh So that's where he pulls off. So there's like wood chips and ashes everywhere, logs everywhere. He pulls around there because it was no one was going to be out there and he knew that cuz he's really familiar with the area. As soon as she started to come to, "quote, every time she yelled, I jerked the belt and she choked and sputtered." Okay.
0: Oh my gosh. Now, I also want to comment too. In those days the stretch of highway from Myrtle Beach to Georgetown was two-lane blacktop. That's that's Route 17.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's right up the street going up to Tropical Smoothie for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, then well, she's coming too. He's already pulled off. He pulls out his Arkansas toothpick. That's Whoa. an Arkansas toothpick. It's
0: like a dagger. That's what they use to t- pick their teeth in Arkansas?
3: That is a big-ass dagger. That's what they call an Arkansas toothpick.
0: Why? Do people use it? I don't Why? Do they, they used to pick well, their I teeth think, with that dagger? I think it's just a nickname. It's I know, a nickname. but, like, uh, nicknames have to come from somewhere.
3: Yeah. He rips her clothes clean off. She's completely submissive now. So she's doing everything he says. And then he says, quote, do you mind if I suck your titty? And she says, okay.
0: At least he asked permission. Well.
3: This is from the book. So I pinched her nipple tight between my left thumb and finger, pulled it away from her chest as hard and far as I could, and sliced off an inch of her tit with the nipple. She screamed, ah! I pulled the belt and choked her quiet. Then I held the nipple between my front teeth and smiled. So he's... Now he's above her head with the, with her nipple between his front teeth. Ooh, Blood from it dripped on her face. She was sobbing like a baby. I said...
0: I, I, I mean, I would imagine the nipples are <laughs> very sensitive.
3: I said to her, don't cry. I'll share it. And what I,
0: the fuck?
3: And... <laughs> And I put the nipple between her lips and, t- and told her to suck it.
0: I'm done with this story. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm oh. done with this story. This oh. is like Dennis Nilsen level. I'm about to walk out for real. Like, I can't. When,
3: when she did, I shoved the whole slice in her mouth and made her chew <gasps> it up and swallow it.
0: Uh-uh. Oh uh-uh, no. No, 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 no. This, Jen, sit down. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: This is God. the story. You do a murder podcast. Oh, my suck God. I know, but this, this is, is the like, w- the pulp.
0: worst. No. This That's like, pretty bad. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, hang on.
2: Why right, are not say, done yet. Are
0: we? Because to, I feel it in my own nipples. Empathy pains. Are, oh my
2: god. Are we my about to? Hurt. Are we about to top their? Yes, no, sure we are.
3: Not. No. All right. She gagged. This is worse than the straw. She gagged and tried to get up, and then she vomited all over herself and oh me, god. which truly pissed me off because there just weren't no call for that. I stood oh, up no,
0: no call for vomit. Excuse me while I stick your own nipple in your mouth, but please don't and throw make up you on eat me. Eat it. <laughs> and make you eat it. Oh, this is gross. I can't. I'm I need jen. drunk jen needs to come out. She's there.
3: She's I not
0: there. This is sober jen.
3: I stood up and stomped her pussy bone as hard as I could <gasps> and wished I hadn't already took my heeled boots off. Then I knelt down and turned her on her stomach and started fucking her ass. She kept crying, it hurts, please stop. So I tightened the belt around her neck to make it hurt even more. And after I cummed, I made her lick me clean. That is from the book.
2: Oh, my gosh. I can't believe this is written from his
3: perspective.
2: (laughs) I'm about to vomit.
3: (laughs) It's from the book.
2: I don't
0: care. From the book
3: that was banned.
0: (laughs) I can see why it was banned. And
3: taken off the shelves. And
0: this is why we don't read banned books and by we i mean me <laughs> well i mean it's i don't read because i don't read good it's but it's so the truth this is what happened yeah, like i'm not I,
3: making this shit I, up i this mean is... i
0: guess it is beneficial to kind of uh, not beneficial i don't know if it's teaching you girls term. not to
3: hitchhike not to trust men pulling up in their cars
0: well this is why i don't date also because no one wants to date me jen i'm just
2: saying it's... okay so what is the is, was this guy attr- a- attractive enough for her to get into his car and feel safe? Like, what did this guy look like? Does that mean he wasn't attractive? No, no. I was asking, was he attractive enough for her to feel safe in getting into the car? In the first no. Race? Yeah, but I mean, like, sometimes you feel safer with unattractive guys. I don't think Not so. Not like
0: creepy borderline. There's a difference between creepy
2: and safe. No, I think you you tend to feel more comfortable with attractive people.
3: Yeah, that's true. Like everyone's comfortable with me and I'm a complete oh, please. psychopath. Okay.
0: <laughs> we know you took the test.
3: So yes, he this man is not attractive. Hmm. In fact, I'll show you a picture of him in a little bit.
0: My jaw hurts from the amount that it's dropped already, and we've only been through one account.
3: Now, he puts her back inside the car trunk. She's still alive. The reason he didn't kill her right there is very important, and that's a part of his MO, which I'm gonna talk about later. Okay. He actually learned that behavior.
0: Can I ask a question, a second question other than that, I guess? Is he writing this book from prison?
3: Uh, I sure hope so. Yes, he's writing this book from prison. I'll get into all that in a second. Here, can you read this, Nicole?
2: I told her that if she kept quiet and didn't give me no trouble, I would let her live. She said, thank you. I once read in a book about the Nazi death camps that the best way to get somebody to cooperate when you plan on killing them is to promise that if they do what you tell them to do, they won't die. And you can take my word for it. It works.
3: So, I mean, he was definitely going to kill her. I mean, there's wow. no doubt about it.
2: Oh my God.
3: Now, he drove south of Georgetown where all the marshes and the thick sawgrasses we know so well down here in Charleston, Sweetgrass Highway. We literally live on a place called Sweetgrass Highway,
0: Sweetgrass Basket,
3: Sweetgrass Basket Highway. And there's marshes everywhere. In fact, yep. we did a story for Talcos Supremos about a girl named Brittany Drexel that was Possibly apparently a- fed to the alligators right here in our neck of the woods, right in all these swampy marshes. So he drives south of Georgetown, where the marshes got real thick, and the saw grasses and the swamp plants, and he later claims that the marsh bottom acts like quicksand, which I didn't know, Hmm. which is good to know.
0: That is good to know. Especially if you
3: run a murder podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, also because I had thought about getting one of those really big magnets so we can fish and find some cool stuff, and I was planning on going in the marshes, but now that I know it's like quicksand, I'm not going to go in there. Also, I
2: would not go there because of all
0: the gators. Yeah, that's also good. You know what? We have a a pond in our neighborhood, and I didn't know this at the time, but when I was riding my bike one time, um, there was a sign that was like, keep out gators, and I was like, oh my gosh, there are gators in our neighborhood?
2: You yeah. have to assume that there are gators in any of those little ponds that you see.
0: Well, I hope that like wasn't there a story about oh no, those are snakes, the snakes that crawl up through the toilets. I don't think that, that happens here. here. That was a Well, Florida. you guys
3: were at work. No, it oh, came, stop. It was stop. like a big rat. Stop. Snake
2: anyway, go or ahead.
3: Something. All right. Um so the marsh bottom acts like quicksand, which I didn't know, so you may want to keep that in mind. And anything that's weighted down will sink really deep. And not only that, but the bottom crawlers, all those little creepy crawlers in the bottom that you can't see because it's all muddy, okay? They will eat most everything and, quote, turn it into crawler shit. Ooh. That's from the book. He pulls into a that's different a spot. He term. he puts her in a truck, or he puts, he puts her in the trunk, goes south of Georgetown, pulls into a completely different spot, pulls her out, Stuffs her panties in her mouth. He finds a six foot tree limb. He ties her knees together and loops the rope around her neck and knotted it like a hog tie. You know what a hog tie is?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know what a mm-hmm. hog tie is, right? What, yeah. what is it?
0: They tie the hogs with it, like when you barbecue. They tie it to like the he, limb. The feet,
2: yeah. together and the arms together. Like, yes,
3: yeah, so that's what like, he did. Like
2: you're about to hang on a spit.
3: Yeah, so basically he tied her knees together and then. Uh, made it where she couldn't bend or anything because it was wrapped around her neck, too. It was basically like a hogtie but her and arms were And she was still high.
0: alive. When yeah, she's still it. alive. I'm just very upset by this story already.
3: Just you wait. This is a murder podcast. So this is from the book. So she doubled over. Trust for butchering. Her head and legs on one end, her cunt and ass on the other. Her eyes bulged. I slid the point of the knife a full inch to her ass. So that Arizona toothpick, he takes that out and puts it right in the butthole. Yep. Her eyes got even wider. Like, she knew what was coming. Then real slow, I pushed all 11 inches of the Arizona toothpick (gasps) blade inside of her, all the way up to the hilt, and sliced upward as I pulled it out. Oh, So she's still not dead yet. Oh, my God. And the final thing is he takes... So her knees are tied up, and then the rope is also tied around her neck.
0: I'm going to have nightmares. Oh, my gosh. This is, like, I think this is probably our most most gruesome story yet.
3: Her knees are tied, and then the rope goes around her neck. And then he puts the log in between that tie to kind of weight her down, this six-foot big log, Mm -hmm. this branch that he found, you know. And then he pushed her into the water because it was heavy, that log. Quote, I watched until she had sunk so deep there wasn't no trace of her. She didn't make bubbles for very long. Hmm. End quote. So what do you guys think of this story?
0: Um, we're off to a great start. I don't know what to say. You
3: guys like this story?
0: No. Well,
2: I do, it's a, it's but I don't. Mixed, you know yeah. what I mean? Like It's, mixed like, emotions it's hard
0: to like a murderer. If you like a murderer, that kind of makes you a sociopath, doesn't it? Or, like, a psychopath?
3: Well, this this serial killer is from our neck of the woods, South Carolina. In fact, one of our Talco Supremos, Whitney,
2: Whitney! lives in the same
3: town as he grew up, almost. So he's oh. from Prospect, but it's that's right next to Florence. Florence. Okay. Yeah, like, I so I she's Whitney. from Florence. Florence which is right next door. So she knows this story as well as I do. See, I'm from the South. I know this story. Oh, you've heard of this in before. Fact, I have not. not to give any details from the next episode, but i actually been to the prison that they kept him in when I was a child. I talked to my mom today, and she was like, yeah, do you do you remember I took you when you were, you know, like, you just like six years prison? old? Yeah, it was like a big attraction. A I mean, it's to South see Carolina, this guy? dude. Not to see the guy. The guy was already executed. But to see—it was, it was South just, Carolina, Jen. Like, we ain't got nothing else to do. see where like this was guy a, was. Like, was it an
0: active prison,
3: or was it, no, like— It was—the the prison was active at, at the time. It was called CCI, but when we saw it, they just closed that prison down. So we kind of—we didn't just go to see his cell. We went to see the prison. So it was it's
2: like, like an Alcatraz, but in South Carolina. No, no, no. The whole per- reason why this prison is famous is because of this killer stayed there.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's the whole reason this prison's famous. Because of something I'm gonna tell you about later. I can't I can't
2: dear.
0: I've never been to a prison and I'd like to keep it that way. So yeah. I've been
3: to jail, not prison.
0: Really? I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: (laughs) All right. So tonight, guys, we are doing a South Carolina serial killer. In fact, if you're from South Carolina, you heard of this killer because in total, guess how many victims we're talking about here?
2: Twelve. Seven.
3: One (gasps) hundred and (laughs) five. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Tonight we... All in South Carolina? Tonight we are uh, visiting the gruesome details and stories of Mr. Pee Wee Gaskins of South Carolina. You guys haven't heard of him? No. What is his Pee Wee Gaskins named Donald Gaskins. He is still known to this day as the meanest man that has ever lived in the United States. Wow. wow.
2: And that's kind of ironic because South Carolina is known as the friendliest state. Is it? <laughs> yeah. And Pee Wee is kind of like not a
0: unfriendly name.
3: So this is the book that we're reading from Final Truth, the autobiography of mass murderer serial killer Donald Pee Wee Gaskins. I'm putting the PDF on the forum for you, Talcos Primos, and Small Talcos. The book is actually banned. You will not be able to find it unless you want to pay someone that has it on eBay. I think the lowest I've seen it, it was like 550 bucks. So
2: he, what does this it say as told to Wilton Earl? So he's the one who, so he interviewed yeah, this guy? Yeah, he he, so it.
3: Wilton Earl, when this guy was on death row, now Pee Wee Gaskins has been on death row a few times, so we're going to talk about that. But this guy went in there because in South Carolina, he was a huge thing. So anyway, this guy went in there, this journalist, and he got 120 hours of recorded tape from Pee Wee Gaskins, which we're going to be hearing the voice of Pee Wee Gaskins. Really? Yeah. I'm putting a lot of that in the podcast. But with all of that comes this book, Final Truth. And the reason it's called Final Truth is because he wanted to come clean.
0: Was it published after his death or before?
3: It was published after his death. And fun fact, there and I'll show you newspaper articles. After it was published, it caused such a media uproar because a large percentages of the murders that he talks about in this book, no one had even knew about. Wow. So they were thinking this guy maybe killed, I don't know, 20. Wow. And now it came out this guy's killed 105 people. <laughs> A lot.
2: And he does he go into detail of a hundred? Yeah, murders? no, not a so hundred and five. Would that make him perhaps the most prolific serial killer we've covered?
3: Yeah,
2: po- well, possibly. There are some other people that we've covered who like unconfirmed. Now right? there
3: are interviews with the police, uh, the sheriff. That the sheriff of Sumter County and all these counties, he was around. They're like, nah, he's just bullshitting. He ain't killed nobody like that. He's just making it up to make himself more infamous. His own daughter, what they called half pint. Her name is, I think her name is Shirley Gaskin. She's still alive. She's oh, been interviewed. That's awful. She says that no, he ain't lying. Because when I when I know my daddy's when he lies or not, that's what she says. And she says, he killed 105 people. And he explains it in this book. I definitely believe it. So if you ever come down to Charleston and you're looking, you're driving, you're like, wow, that marsh is so pretty. Look at that, all those nice, those grasses and marsh grass. There's probably bodies buried all up this damn coast. So
2: was the story that you described to us, was that um, his first kill or was that like the most horrific or typical
3: that kill was when he decided he wanted to become a serial killer. So that was his first. That wasn't his first kill. But just that, that was. Just third? That
2: a, second? Just that this was something he wanted to do as a passion, I, not just a hobby. Yeah,
3: exactly. It finally dawned on him. Okay, this you is know, some. It's like us. You know, we got this podcast. We try to perfect it. We're going we to do this thing yeah, exactly. for real. So he's the same way. It's like, all right, I got this thing. I kill people. I'm pretty good
2: at it. I need I to have like fun. Yeah,
3: exactly. I need I to dabble. up my game.
0: <laughs> That's kind of like tonight when I was in class, I realized how passionate I was about psychology. and I was like, maybe I could become a doctor. You
2: could. Or maybe what I What about could...
3: the podcast, though? We got to get rich with this podcast. shit.
2: The, well, we have our own doctor expert in psychology. That ain't
3: gonna make us any more money with this damn Baby. thing.
2: I'm okay. so gonna What's put me into more debt.
3: All right. Anyway, Pee Wee Gaskins' real name Donald Gaskins grew up in Florence, Prospect County, South Carolina. He's traveled all over Charleston, Columbia, Myrtle Beach, Georgetown, Isle of Palms, Mount Pleasant. He all these. And if if you're not from the coast, you don't know what I'm talking about. But basically, all across the coast, the beaches, the beautiful South Carolina, he's been.
0: Well, that's disheartening. This is like right in our backyard. What if there's a body in our backyard? Uh, I didn't sage the backyard. I only sage the
3: house. So let me go into his childhood and background. Now, he was born March 31st, 1933. Single mother, but multiple stepdaddies. And these stepdaddies were very violent, most of them, towards Pee Wee. This is Pee-wee speaking about his childhood growing up.
2: Any of my uncles or aunts didn't like, they would take a hedge bush switch or a pear tree sprout or an apple tree sprout. As long as it was a good switch, and they'd tear my back and legs up. It'd be red stripes all over my body and legs and if my sister told him i had done anything no matter uh, if i had or i had not they'd beat hell out of me and uh that's the kind of treatment i was got as a childhood
3: all right so that is the voice of peewee donald gaskins he
2: sounds super creepy
3: well he sounds country bumpkin kind of like me
2: no he's not like his, something about his voice sounds just like off. So this
3: is how he got the name Peewee because his, his actual name growing up wasn't even Gaskins. It was Parrot, which I actually know a parrot that's from them parts. So I, I thought you were about there. to say
2: Perry. And yeah, I was like, me too. Oh, Parrot. God. God. <laughs> we Bob ain't related. Uncle. But this story, makes me, too.
3: this story makes me want to claim that I'm not from South Carolina because this is some pretty gruesome shit. Well, we all know that Nicole and I are from Massachusetts, so. But this is how he got his name Pee Wee Gaskins. Can I read it? It
0: weren't that I was the littlest because I was the youngest. No matter how old I got, I was still littlest. I never growed up Enough to keep with the others (laughs) That's how I got the nickname Pee Wee Pee-wee, Pee-wee, play with your pee-pee. <laughs> oh, geez. They used, to, They used to say, when I get mad and hit somebody, that's all the excuse they need to gang up and beat the hell out
2: of me. Pee-wee, Pee-wee, play with your pee-pee. <laughs> so he had a Napoleon complex? Yeah.
3: So he's like five foot nothing, man. This dude is oh, small. Wow. like 100 He seems pounds.
2: small. His
3: name is Pee-wee for a purpose. He is the smallest guy. I mean, he's tiny. Tiny guy. Hmm. But you know, small dog has a big bite, <laughs> and killing one hundred five people, he had a big bite. <laughs> you uh, know what they also say: small
0: dudes got a big truck, and that is means you're compensating for something. I, that have was not English. I talk good.
3: All right, so he was bullied in school. <laughs> He was bullied so bad in school that he actually dropped out at age 11. Now, I'm not oh, wow. saying that he, the reason he dropped out was because he was bullying or because he was getting bullied, but it most likely
2: played a large well, role. Well, he was also in the Deep South in the 19... It would would have been 1950 at the time, so, like, finishing school wasn't required.
3: Yeah, that's true. So he drops out of school... At age 11, he forms a gang with his two friends, Danny and Marsh. We have a talk of his primo named Danny. Yes, we do. (laughs) We sure do. He's coming to the show. Danny. Danny. Danny and Marsh. Now, this trio was called the Trouble Trio. All three of these boys dropped out of school, and they were nothing but trouble. Oh. now they a clever name. They started burglarizing. They started robbing people. They started doing these little schemes to make money. They had a secret spot, which was an old fallen down barn that they called the hideout. Now, you can read this. This is what old Pee Wee Gaskin says about their own
2: hideout. Not far from where we lived, there was this old house that had been empty for years. Most Sunday afternoons and any other time I could, I went there to meet up with the other boys from around Leo. We called it our hideout. We sat around and smoked cigarettes and we had stole and bragged about how much we knew about girls and watched older boys learn how to jerk off or cornhole or fuck a sheep or goat or chicken. (laughs) And we usually ended up fighting about something. Can I ask a
0: question?
3: What is cornhole?
2: Yes. (laughs) You mean not the game?
3: No, not the game game.
0: Yeah, I figured that's probably not the same thing. Do I want to know what that is? I'm pretty sure
3: is is getting it up to booty.
0: That makes sense.
3: Yeah, cornhole because you know corn doesn't process in your digestive system and it comes out of your
2: watch. The booty older boy, hole. what the fuck they're doing to watching each other? Fuck sheep. I don't understand.
3: <laughs> this is why I don't want to claim that I'm from South Carolina. That's gross. And he's right at my parts talking about watching each other jerk their wieners.
0: That's called um bait bros <laughs> that's a thing that's um, gross, isn't it? It's gross
3: now, um, let's get smart with this podcast for a second, or at least try to pretend we are. He fits the differential association theory now this is kind of his m o kind of leading into that, but he was a small time criminal, but this theory that's out there, the differential association differential. theory differential association theory means that he gets molded as he meets different criminals. Basically, he he adapts to what they do, what their behaviors are. So
0: it's like modeling, like the social learning theory, essentially. Yeah,
3: so, all right, I'm going to read this. In criminology, differential association is a theory developed by Edwin Sutherland proposing that through interaction with others, individuals learn the values, attitudes, techniques, and motives for criminal behavior. The theory focuses on how individuals learn to become criminals but does not concern itself with why they become criminals. They learn how to commit criminal acts. They learn motives, drives, rationalizations, and attitudes. It grows socially easier for the individuals to commit a crime. Their inspiration is the processes of cultural transmission and construction. Sutherland had developed the idea of the self as the social construct, as when a person's self-image is continuously being reconstructed, especially when interacting with other people.
0: So wouldn't that explain the why, though? it says, I know it says it doesn't explain the why, but that kind of does explain the why, because it's kind of... No, it doesn't
3: explain why he's a killer.
0: No, but it explains why he's a criminal, because he was... Well, it doesn't
3: explain why he's a criminal. It explains how he molds as a criminal and does things he does. Right,
0: but to be accepted by his peers, he modeled their behavior. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it I don't kind know. Of, this is kind of, over I, my head. I know you read it, but to me, it kind of does explain the why because you emulate things to become part of a group. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Well, the most important thing to remember, to a greater or lesser extent, both non-criminal and criminal individuals are motivated by the need for money and social gain. And social gain is Mm -hmm. important because old Pee Wee, five foot nothing, needs a lot of social validation. And you'll see that through this story. He constantly tries to prove himself.
2: We were
0: talking about that tonight in my class is the importance of, of... socialization with other people. Hmm. Like, it's a basic human need.
3: No, not socialization. He needs to be higher and higher on the social hierarchy. Because as a little squirt that he is, he's automatically at the lowest rungs. So
0: he has an inferiority complex. Right.
3: Yeah. So later I'm going to talk about how he even molded himself after he was associated with the very notorious uh, Genovese family. The mobsters.
2: Hmm. Isn't that a pasta dish?
3: The Genovese? I don't think so. Genovese? But it's,
2: that's one of the five crime families. Yeah,
3: one of the five crime families. Genovese. Oh. So he was actually with those gangsters. In fact, they offered him a job. What? Now, Pee Wee Herman's got a crazy story. He goes all over the place. Pee Wee
0: Gaskins?
3: Or, <laughs> shit. Pee Wee Gaskins got a crazy story. Now, I want to say he could have took a different approach in life before he started killing people because he was actually a very good tinkerer. Nicole, can you please read this tinkering shit?
2: I had a good little business going. On Saturdays, people brought broken radios and record players and sewing machines and things like that to the gas stations, and I took them home and repaired them in the evenings. I worked in the corner of the parlor room, which was also where me and my brother slept. The whole family sat in there after supper because that's where the radio was, and we listened to The Shadow and Lone Ranger and— the Grand Old Opry, and all kinds of good programs like that.
3: Everyone knew that Pee Wee Gaskins could fix damn near anything. You take him a broken radio, he'll fix it in a minute. In fact, and even cars, hmm. the complexity of a car engine he could fix just by tinkering with it. Hmm. He's a very smart man, but he it's a good skill knew to have. from the get-go that getting money illegally... Pays far more than doing it legally.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, that's okay? true. That's yeah. a good point.
3: So that, he followed that that route.
0: Where is the original Grand Old Opry? Is that in Tennessee? I think so. I think it's
2: Nashville. What is it?
3: All right, so one of the...
2: Defi- I think it's a music venue in Nashville, but...
3: So let me recap. All right, Pee Wee Gaskins grew up in Florence. Small guy, dropped out of school at age 11 beat up by his class peers and at home by his stepdaddy. Started a gang, the Trouble Trio, with three other guys. And that's about it. But a defining moment hit where his gang had to split up. And this is when Pee Wee finally spirals out of control. Pee Wee and his gang of misfits, and throughout the whole book he talks about this, they love getting laid a lot.
2: By sheep, apparently.
3: By by sheep, anything with a hole, basically. That's Uh, what he says in uh, the book.
0: Sounds like most men.
3: They would often take Danny's truck, Danny's father's truck. They'll go to Columbia and Charleston where, quote, notice I said Charleston. Columbia or Charleston where, quote, there was military bases and plenty of whores. Hmm. That's how we all lost our pussy fuck cherries. End quote.
2: I'm pussy fucking cherry. <laughs> well,
0: that's a graphic way of describing it. Yeah, all right. Wow. Okay.
2: All right. Who wants I, to read this one?
0: I never understood why the term pussy even existed. Like, why? I,
3: I like that word. It's better than the C word. Cunt? Ew, that's a gross word. I don't know. Or I can't. Twat. twat.
0: I don't. I like those more than pussy. Ew. Like, I just don't understand.
3: All right, who wants to read this next What's one?
0: What's new, pussycat world? read this one. Do I have to read in my southern accent? Yeah. <clears throat> but there was something about them whores that we didn't like. We agreed that jacking off at the hideout was almost as good. <laughs> Marsh thought the hideout was better than the whores. He liked cornholing the younger boys and <laughs> letting them down to cornhole him, and he liked to suck. Dips. Oh, my God. Danny and me didn't go far too much that far, but mostly we just watched. Though, to be honest, like most teenage boys, we tried it all once or more because Marsh was our friend. We would let him suck us off whenever he was asked to. Why did I just read it like that? Oh, my gosh. That was terrible. <laughs> like, that was, oh. That was I couldn't disturbing. stop reading it. <laughs>
2: That right. was disturbing. Now, yeah,
0: a little bit. I, I, you know what I think it was. I was more focused on doing the accent than actually understanding the context. He just breezed what I read. right through it. There, I
2: did. But I don't think that that's a lot of thing that teenage <laughs> boys do. But I don't know. I'm not a teenage John, boy. John, would you like to elaborate?
3: <laughs> no, I've never done that. All right. So he speaks as, as matter of factly, like all teenage boys cornhole each other. <laughs> what the fuck?
2: <laughs> it's like what. <laughs> Where did you and he liked to suck dick? This well, is why I think you might be a homosexual, which is there's something wrong with it. No, but I don't he's know not. That... He
3: just grew up in Bumpkin,
2: not Pee Wee. Uh, sorry, other I shouldn't yeah, say that because we
3: got to talk as primo from there around them parts. But even I'm from them parts and I never cornhole nobody. Okay, you I'm also going on had the more record things to
0: keep you entertained because you were in the 80s and this is the 60s. Yeah, 90s. there was
3: like you know, you were I grew up in the 90s, so he grew up in the 60s. Si- so he's born in thirty three. Oh, so he was forties. Yeah, probably like even worse than forties.
0: Well, you know
3: they all they had is radio. They didn't have t- they didn't have Netflix probably. Definitely. All right. Now the the thing that really got him in trouble was one day they were all driving around in that truck going to Charleston looking for all them whores, and while they were driving there, they all decided what are we doing?
2: We'd prefer to suck each other's dicks instead. No, they. Well, they decided
3: they needed a virgin, okay? This mm-hmm. is their next thing. This is kind of bad. But now Marsh, Marsh was one of the trouble trio, so it was Danny, Marsh, and Pee Wee. Marsh said, well, I have, a, I have a sister that's 13, and she's a virgin. We could do that. What? <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that, Jen? I didn't. Say this. I'm reading this. Uh,
2: we hear it. We know. We're okay. reacting to it.
3: Now, they took her to the hideout after promising that they were taking her to a movie, a double feature in Sumter, South Carolina. Now, the whole scenario plays out in very gruesome detail, and I am not going to say it. But if you really want to see it, it's in the book. I just refuse to talk about a 13-year-old because, I mean, it's very detailed what they did.
2: Well, and some, it's
3: really awful. So I'm
2: assuming they raped her. They so raped her in, over
3: and over and over and over again. like
2: Including her own brother.
3: Including her own brother, yeah.
2: I want to cry right now. Yeah, I'm it like was like
3: really awful. And then they made, the made her promise not to tell anyone. What? But she did tell anyone. and She so, did tell someone. This is the aftermath.
2: The next thing I knew, they was dragging. Marsh and me to the barn. They stripped Marsh first, roped up his ankles together and threw the rope over a joist and strung him up upside down. And then his mama commenced to paddle him with a pine slat. Soon his ass was bleeding and she told his stepdaddy to whip him with his belt. (laughs) Whoop (laughs) him. After just a little while, Marsh's back and legs was a bloody mess. He didn't move when they let him down. When then it was my turn to be strung up naked, I felt the pine board splitting my butt. Then my stepdaddy sh- sh- dropped me with his belt. Yeah. Stroped. Stroped, yeah. Stroped me with his belt like I had never been stroked before. The pain was all in my back and legs, and my ass was already numb. Good. I was just about to pass out when I heard Marsha's mama scream, you goddamn little piece of shit, I ought to cut it off right here and now. And I realized I had a heart on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she didn't cut it off, but she did take the belt from my stepdaddy. And she I wish used... he did cut it off. I agree. And she used... <laughs> And she stroked my dick and balls until I thought they were would be useless to me for the rest of my life. When they finally lowered me down to the barn floor this and they good. left me, I couldn't move. I stayed there all night, turning colder every minute, hurting too bad to get up and put my clothes on, afraid to try to crawl to the house. Good. You know what? At least they cut his dick off.
0: Yeah, right. me too. <laughs> How did this not teach you a fucking lesson, honestly?
3: Well, no, the, the thing that I wanted you guys to take away is he was getting beat to death and, and he has a it. boner.
0: He liked it. Yeah,
3: so... Th- he was a masochist. <laughs> that is what I'm trying to say. There's a problem here. He had a hard-on when he was getting the shit beat out of so him.
0: So he's a masochist.
3: So he's fucked up in the head. That's what his uh, problem is. Anyway, um, yeah, maybe. This gets in a little into his M.O., but I want to say this. Because he had that hard-on and stuff like that, it kind of ties in. Before he does his killing, he gets what he calls the bothersomeness. Is a country word. So bothersomeness? He gets bothersomeness. So it's like this itchy feeling. The best way I, I think about it is, remember that Elizabeth Wettlaufer episode we did yeah. with the nurse? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I just get this red surge feeling and I just have to kill. Mm. So it's basically the same thing. So he would literally get all sweaty and anxious and he just has to kill. Just like a sense kill. of rage? No, it's just like he has to kill. It's like something you got to do.
2: And for him, it's almost sexual.
3: But no matter how things went, good or bad, I always felt something bothersome was a stirring inside me. It was like I had this ball of plumber's lead rolling around in my guts. Most times it lay quiet, just weighing me down. Other times it growed, growed. Other times it growed bigger and hotter, like it was going to explode. Every once in a while, I dreamed and still do that it blowed me apart, and there was all these millions of little pieces and parts of me running around and flying around and trying to find each other and put me back together. That's what he's talking about.
0: I just wish that there wasn't a stigma on, on getting mental health back in the day. Obviously, it's 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 grown s- to be what it is now, but this guy has a problem. He is fucked up beyond repair. Yeah,
3: FUBAR. Mm-hmm. Fucked up beyond all repair. All right, so still going through his childhood a little bit. After this incident, his two friends— Not Ms. to be his two friends, Danny Marsh, they moved away separately. The gangs broken up, and he started rolling with some other people. And he actually got put in reform school after he broke and entered into a house, and
0: oh, you mean it? it only took him to break and enter into a house, never well, mind and he tried to a kill thirteen year old.
3: Well, I don't even get into that story, but basically, he got. I'll get into that later. He ended up in South Carolina reform school for boys. Now. Let me talk a little bit about this reform school. A
0: little bit of
2: to?
3: I didn't go to the reform school. You went
2: to military school.
3: Oh yeah, I did. I went to Camden Military Academy.
2: When did you go to?
3: When I was in high school.
2: I thought
0: you went to the other school.
3: I wasn't a modeled student. All right, so at the reform school for boys, how I got all these titles laid out is like Pee-wee's adventure. So Pee Wee's -wee's big
2: adventure. (laughs) Where he gets his bike stolen.
3: Pee Wee becomes a prison bitch. This is kind of what it is. Oh
2: my God. (laughs) Oh God. Did he get
3: cornholed? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, I really hope he did. Now, keep in mind, he's 15 at the time. Now, at the Reform School for Boys, he got his first taste of what it's like inside them prison walls. He learned of the Pecker Order. Oh, Oh, no. That sounds awful, dear.
0: I'm glad that it happened. (laughs) I wonder
2: if it. Never mind. Just keep going.
3: Now
0: The,
2: the pecker- pecking order, you mean, if that came from that? No, no, no. I was going to make a some- comment about penis size. Go ahead. No,
3: it's very... Th- no, make it because it's accurate.
2: Well, it, pecker order, was he last because he was so small and it was proportional to his size? And that he got raped first? Um,
3: no, the basically the smaller your pecker is, the more you get cornholed.
2: Yeah, so that's he, what he said. Was, he is small. Yeah. I'm assuming because yeah. so he got uh, raped feet a lot.
3: Yeah. So, the bigger kids, there were bigger kids there that were in charge of the whole facility. Obviously, not the guards, but you know, they just like prison now, you got the inmates that kind of run everything. Right. Now, one of these big kids was named, was, his name was POS, P O S S. And he told Pee Wee one day, they were like in the mess hall or whatever. And he said, Now, he, this first time he met him, he said, You need to come to my bunk during the lights out. Now, Pee-wee didn't show up. Uh Uh-oh. Now, the next evening, he found himself in some deep shit. Literally. Who (sighs) wants to read this?
2: (laughs) In the shower room, six boys grabbed me and spread-eagled me face down on the tile floor. One held each arm, one held each leg, and one sat in front of my face and slid forward until his hard-on rubbed against my <laughs> nose. God. Then Poss laid down on my back and put a knife blade against my neck and said if I hollered, he would cut my throat and he made me open my mouth for the sitting boy's hard-on and I felt Poss's soapy dick ram across my ass. Mm. Ram my ass. Quick as he finished, the other boy took his place. Then the hard-on come in my mouth and as soon as I swallowed <laughs> it, another one took his place. God. Thinking back on it, I figured that In less than one hour, I was gang raped by at least 20 boys, and most of them took seconds in my mouth. I had never felt anything like that in my life. When they finally was through with me, I was so sore I couldn't move, and I heard Paz tell two boys to carry me to my bunk. Once I was there, he leaned forward and said to me that I had two choices. Either I could do whatever he wanted me to do whenever he wanted me to, or he would see to it that I got gang raped real regular. Hmm. You know, I can see why this book was banned.
3: <laughs> why
2: i mean i can see it but also like I, it's reality so yeah that's I don't true think, i don't really think anything should be banned
3: the good thing about that scenario is pos actually got a real liking to old Wee gaskins and he kind of made him his you yes. know he kind of protected him all right mm. the thing about being in reform school that Wee didn't like is these boys, these boss boys, would trade with other boss boys in the prison for the, for things like cigarettes and stuff like that. Now they would trade
0: people booty
3: holes. Oh no! For that stuff. So you can read this, Jen.
0: The only real bad problems that developed between me and Poss was that him being boss boy in our dorm, he made deals with the boss boys in the other dorms, trading favors and cigarettes or whatever, and the one thing the boss boys traded to each other was the literalist boys like me. I never knew when I was going to be told to go somewhere and strip or blow or ream or get rammed with whatever, or whoever Paz made his another deal with. If it hadn't been for that pecker order trading, I would have made out okay with my life at the reformatory. As it was, things just got too rough, so I started making plans to run
2: away. I feel like you're doing like a Louisiana accent here, Dad. I like it. Nice Thanks. southern draw. Thank you.
3: I do wanna say, and I don't want to get into the all the escapes, but Pee Wee escapes both reform school for boys and later prison. And we're actually right. on the next episode going to be talking about Pee-wee's grand escape. <laughs> <laughs> which Pee-wee's is big adventure? Rem- remarkable escape that he made. Pee- Better Pee- than Bundy? Yeah, oh yeah. And oh, in yes. fact, he, he escaped twice. Once he did a Bundy and jumped out the second story, story window like Bundy did when mm-hmm. he was awaiting to be sentenced. Oh. And the second time is far more clever. And I'll go into that in the next episode. Really? He eventually got out of reform school. Now, the whole time he was in there, a couple years, he was getting raped back and forth. I mean, it was just bad.
0: Are we supposed to feel bad for him? Because I don't.
3: (laughs) Once he got out, he needed some money. And what he would do, some guy would steal a car, then leave it for Pee Wee. Pee Wee will go... Swap all the things, paint job, do whatever he has, and then they'll paint sell it job, out. Paint job, blow job. Then he'll sell it out of state. Another venture that Pee Wee was in was the barn burning. He grew up in Tobacco Town. In fact, around Florence is where they grow a lot of the tobacco,
0: like Wacky Tobacco in South Cacalaki.
3: Yeah, no, just tobacco. Oh, so what they would do is these farmers they would grow all this tobacco. And then they would hire Pee Wee and his crew to come in there in the middle of the night, take all of the tobacco out of the barns, and then set the barn ablaze. Okay, that way the tobacco was inspected and certified by the federal government and had insurance that paid off the crop loss at season prices. So they basically got paid for all the tobacco that was in the barn that was burned. They mm. collected all that money. Then they took the tobacco and sold it to another state. Hmm. So clever. And they were scamming the government. Pee Wee was making money. Pee Wee gets rich, man. He was getting making a shit ton of money. Hmm. I calculated once he had like thirty grand in his account. Wow, like in today. back then? No, oh. back then. But I calculated today it was like thirty grand That's that he was money. just had. That's what in we're a, owed. A month or two.
0: That's how much is it for the tip line? Did you hear back from the tip
3: line? It a hundred thousand. They, I haven't heard back. I'm gonna call him tomorrow about the doodler. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about when Pee Wee winds back up in prison.
0: Not jail, prison. Because isn't there a difference between jail and prison? No, this is prison.
3: He was in prison. He got sent to South Carolina Correctional Facility. As soon as he got to prison, he realized it was completely different to reform school, and things were a lot tougher than reform school.
2: Hmm. Well, that's saying a lot, knowing what we just read.
3: The first contact I got was when a crew-cut guy with biceps big as my thighs came up to me in the yard and offered me a cigarette. And then real casual told me that from now on, I belong to Arthur. And he nodded in the direction of a group of older men about 50 feet away. So now he's Arthur's bitch. Just like that. This is why you don't accept cigarettes from people, because you, you might become their bitch.
2: Or just don't go to prison, you know. It's probably a good start. Yeah, but
0: if you don't smoke and you go to prison, then you can't accept a cigarette, so don't smoke either because lung cancer.
3: So he's... Now, Arthur's bitch. Arthur is a huge guy, and he's mean, okay? And the guards actually transferred Pee Wee to Arthur's cell. That's how much influence these inmates had, I know. Oh, my God. I
0: have a question. What? Was he as bad as Leroy Brown?
3: I don't know, maybe. He's
0: the baddest man in the whole damn
2: town. All right, read this, Nicole. He's meaner than a junkyard dog. That evening, the guards transferred me to Arthur's cell. He reminded me of my stepdaddy. He didn't say hey or anything. Just told me to strip, and when I did, he kicked me in the balls. He still had his shoes on. Ooh. Then he proceeded to beat me with his fists. He blackened my eyes, bloodied my nose, and held me face down on the cement floor and choked me while he fucked me. He was a bit—he was big—and he took a real long time and it hurt real bad. Afterwards, he made me lick him clean. Ew. For the next six months, I did whatever Arthur said for him or anybody he gave me to. Problem was, the other power men—he. Tr- traded me to, weren't as interested in fucking and sucking. They liked it rough, and there were times I felt like I was going to have my ball smashed, my dick cut off, and left me blood to death in a laundry room or a storage closet. I had gone from being what they called new meat to one of those nobodies. Young, too small to fight back, and available for them to play with, beat on, torture, even kill. Sounds like to me
0: that he was projecting his aggression from prison onto his future victims. Maybe. (gasps) It's very
2: interesting.
3: Okay, so Pee Wee was protected by Arthur. So no one was going to seriously fuck with him besides just rape him all the time. You know, he was pretty well protected. But he started to realize that he's got to become a power man, okay? A power man in the prison is just like the big boys in the reform school. Same thing, the bigger guys... Yeah. They all, maybe they're older inmates. They kind of run everything. And they and the inmates actually, I, I did some research on this. The inmates actually preferred it that way because they kept order in the prison. They mm. kept all the inmates in check. Mm. Yeah. So they actually, that's why he transferred them to a cell and stuff like that. So he decided he needs to become a power man. So this section's called Pee Wee Becomes a Power Man. <laughs> <laughs> This is part of Pee-wee's great murder Chapter adventure. four. <laughs> Pee-wee becomes a power man. I gave it lots of thought, and I reckoned that I needed to come up with an act so goddamn violent that every man in the pen would be scared shitless of me and what I might do next. And the only way to do that was to make my bones. Make my bones means kill someone. Okay. Yeah. I had to kill somebody, and not just anybody. I had to kill somebody powerful and special. Now. Arthur? Not Arthur. but He, he caught a body? There was someone more powerful than Arthur. The warden? No, well, <laughs> I mean, a power man. Oh. His name was Brazel. He was the meanest guy, the biggest guy. I'm talking about like 250 pounds, huge. Wow, sounds like Bowser.
0: Remember that episode? Yeah. What? I don't do, even remember do, what: I was.
3: love fucking Mario man. I used to play this shit all the time. Mm. You remember when Mario three, uh, 64 came out?: Yeah, that changed the world.: Yeah, holy shit.
2: Mario Kart. Yeah. Was, yeah, Mario. No, not Mario Kart. The... Mario
3: Sixty Four. Uh huh. Alright, oh well
2: I enjoyed playing Mario Kart. Mario Kart Nintendo was fun. 64. I also
0: enjoyed the one what's the one I'm thinking of on Nintendo 64 where you can like fight each other. Smash Brothers. Yes, yeah. Smash Brothers. I was a Fox.
3: I I was probably the best at that game.
0: Maybe we should get an N sixty four.
3: I'm getting a PS4. No, wait for the PS5. You no, know i don't fucking wait for PS4. I want PS4 with the damn VR. I'm telling you, wait. No, I'm not going to wait, Jen. All right, Pee-wee becomes a power man. He te- he asked Arthur, he's like, who's this brazzle guy? Why is everyone scared of this brazzle guy? And Give
0: him the old he tells- razzle dazzle. No,
3: you got to think about it. Razzle dazzle The them. whole time he's in prison, Arthur's his you know, protector. He's Biatch. his bitch. He, he just picture Pee-wee laying on Arthur's bed, talking to him. I mean, he would tell him jokes. He'd mean he like one of your
0: French girls.
3: Yeah, it was like that, literally. Like he writes in this book, like he would just, you know, service him when he needed it and then yeah. make him as relaxed as possible. It's crazy. I mean, he was literally a bitch. He decided to befriend Brazzle because he told Arthur, he's like, I'm gonna kill Brazel. And Arthur's like, no, you're not. You can't get to him. Number one, he's got his own guards, not guards guards, but inmates that will guard his cell. There's always two inmates standing right by his cell.
0: It's kind of like in the last season of Orange is the New Black, the two sisters that were, like, feuding with each other. Mm. You know, the next season that comes out, I think it's coming out next month or so, it's going to be the last season.
2: That's probably good. It's about time.
3: So Pee-wee was really clever, and he came up with a plan. All right, I'm going to befriend him. What I'm going to do is keep taking him sandwiches and say they're from Arthur. And then when the time comes and he puts his guard down, I can attack. So during the fifth time, this is what happened.
2: When I went to Brazel's cell the fifth time, I got I plain got lucky. Only one of his boys was around, standing on the tier outside his cell door, and Brazel wasn't on his cot reading or taking a nap like he did most mid-afternoons. He was naked, stirring on, sitting on the toilet. I told his boy that I had a sandwich or drink for Brazel from Arthur, who wanted to set up a time to come over to discuss something with Brazel, if Brazel would see him. The boy asked Brazel if he shouted if he should let him come into the cell. Razzle farted real loud and grunted. <laughs> yeah, let the little pissant in. Let the
3: little pissant in. And
2: men- <laughs> and motioned me to put the sandwich and drink on the table and said for me to tell Arthur to come over that evening during free time after supper. I put the food down, palmed the knife from my pocket, and took two steps to the toilet. Brazel was reading a magazine. He looked at me and said, what the fuck are you staring at? I didn't hesitate a lick. I jabbed the knife into <gasps> his left jugular vein and sliced towards his Adam's apple and then twisted it deep into his pulse artery. Brazel's throat was cut open before he could raise his arms to protect himself. He tried to yell, but just gurgled. I surprised myself at how calm I was. I didn't really feel nothing much at all. I watched the way the blood spurts got shorter and shorter until the finally they just ran down his chest to the and gut to his crotch. Then he slumped sideways and fell off the toilet. His, his boy rushed inside the cell, shank in hand. I held up the paring knife and said, you're crazy as shit if you fight me over a man who's already dead. Now go call the guards. Wow.
3: Just like that
2: little is- peewee
3: is the most respected man in the whole prison. Wow. And not only the whole prison, but multiple prisons around that.
2: I have a guy know. sitting on a toilet, though. I feel like that's kind of But like- he killed
3: the main man. He got to the main yeah. man. It impossible to do because he always had guards. He infiltrated his barriers and took out... The main man.
0: I do have to say that reading this passage alone was kind of like, holy shit. Like, now I kind of want to find out what happens next. Guess what? We will because
3: we're listening to the story. What? You didn't want to find out what happened?
0: Uh, No, I mean, like, I feel like you said you couldn't put this book down. And before this passage, I was like, oh, I would have put
3: it down because it's too graphic. But now I'm like, oh, what happens next? Not only was this his first kill ever Hmm. for Pee Wee Gaskins, but... Just like that, he is respected, and not only respected, he actually gets his own prison bitch. All right, so Pee-wee finally made his bones, and now inside and outside the prison, everyone knows who Pee-wee is. He's the guy that took down the guy that no one could get to. And he, this isn't the first time that he surprised everyone. Pee-wee is a very clever man. Surprise, bitch! Now let me talk about Pee-wee's M.O. before I get into the more killings. Now, he is what's called a process-focused serial killer. Now, a process-focused serial killer will kill slowly. That is different from an act-focused serial killer, which kills quickly. Okay, Hmm. this is a psychology That makes sense. Yeah. He would get his sense of urge, what he called the bothersomeness, which you can read in his book. He talks about it all the time. He talks about his bothersomeness. Oh, I got to go kill. Now, one of the things that really defined his M.O. was being mentored in the Atlanta Federal Correction Facility by the one and only infamous Mr. Frank Costello, which was the head of the Genovese family. Hmm. He was serving time in the cells with him was three other men. That was his lieutenants and lower rank that were also part of that mob group, Hmm. they mentored him a lot. And throughout the book, he'll say certain passages that they told him. For instance, he says, a killer never gets caught if a body never gets found. Hmm. They taught him that. They also taught him to make sure he weighed things down good enough.
2: probably how we got away with so many murders.
3: Exactly. And another really important thing they taught him was never kill and then move. Always take someone, and after watching The Sopranos, you see this nowadays. You you take someone first to a kill spot, you kill them there, Ah. and then you dump them. That makes it where you get no evidence, bloodstains in your car.
2: You're not like a lot of people
3: will kill someone and then throw their dead body in the car in the trunk. That leaves bloodstains and and trace evidence and shit like that. All right. The biggest power man in Atlanta Federal when I was there was Mr. Frank Costello. He was in an eight-man cell but with only two other men. Mm. They had been his lieutenants in the Genovese family in New York and had come to prison with him on conspiracy charges. Almost every day, Mr. Costello... And let me show you a picture of Mr. Costello. That's
0: interesting because in The Departed, which is kind of based off Whitey Bulger, but that's the name of the boss was Costello, Frank Costello. You remember, Nicole? Mm Mm-hmm. So they must have used
2: that like real life.
3: Whoa. Now, this is about his real education if you want to read this, Nicole.
2: But my real education come during talks with my New York cellmates while we played cards in the cell, or walked around in the yard. They were my professors. Mostly, they told me about how things was done in New York among men connected to one of the one of the families. Everything was based on silence, trust, and loyalty. Omerta or morte, they called it. Every man who just worked with them had made his bones. They considered killing just a part of doing business. Mm. They
3: actually offered Pee-wee a job in New York City with the wise guys. Now, he actually called them the three wise men because they kept mentoring him so much. And that he'll refer to in the book as the three wise men. Just remember, killers don't get caught if bodies don't get found. Mm. I think that's pretty awesome. I might yeah. tattoo that on myself. Okay, I hope, hope not. Pee-wee... Now, Pee-wee is in and out of prison more times than I can count. He was probably... In and out of prison more times than he was actually married. Now, Pee-wee was married. What? I'm just going to throw this in there. Pee-wee's only been divorced once.
2: But he got married how many times?
3: He was married six times. So Pee Wee died. How could he
2: get that many women (laughs) to marry them? What?
3: Pee Wee died with five wives, (laughs) like a freaking Mormon. How many?
2: (laughs) Single, he told
0: me. Single, my ass. Not only was he married, oh no, he had six wives. One of those Mormons, you know?
3: All right, so he was released from prison August 6, 1961. He got a bus ticket home to Florence, South Carolina. He was 28 years old. Now,
0: us. Wow.
3: let me talk a little bit about his types of killings. Pee-wee had two types of kills that he categorized for himself in his book. One was the coastal kills, hmm. which was the, uh, quote, bothersomeness that filled up inside of his stomach. And he needed to drive around the coastal regions, find a hitchhiker.
2: I was going to say, was it only, only hitchhikers in these? Only hitchhikers,
3: or? people that won't be missed. And he would drive up and down these coasts to Charleston, to Merle's Inlet, all the way up to Sumter. He would drive around the coast, pick these girls up, dump them in the swamp. Uh, So there's bodies.
2: That was going to be my second question. Were all of his victims female? Except for Brazzle?
3: That's a really good question. I'll get into that
2: Mm. in a second. Okay. Well, Brazzle was his first kill. That's a good question. No, but I meant like when he's picking up hitchhikers, is he targeting females?
3: Now, here's another part of his M.O. He would wait to the perfect time, although eventually he started to do this right off the bat when he was developing his M.O., when the girl gets into his car, because at first he was like, well, let's go to a seafood restaurant and get a hotel. And then he just said, fuck it. And as soon as they got in the car, he would just pull out either his Beretta or his Arkansas toothpick.
0: What is a Beretta?
3: It's a handgun.
0: I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: Um, I
2: thought you were going to say burrata, which is like mozzarella cheese. (laughs) I thought you meant like
3: burrata. Would you like some cheese?
2: (laughs) Wow, that sounds delicious right now. Fresh pepper.
3: He would take these victims to secluded areas, and he would torture and rape them for hours, sometimes even days. Oh, Jesus. In fact, Annie Colberson was 16 years old, and she was actually kept for four days. This is from the book.
2: When we stopped at the tenant house, it was too late for her. She started to say something, but I drew out my Beretta and pointed it at her. That always scares them into being real quiet. Like the first look of the toothpick always makes them piss. I kept Ann Culbertson with me for four days and nights. That's the longest I, I recollect keeping any of them. She was a sweet girl, did everything I asked her to, and never fought me or cussed at me or called me names. And the only time she yelled and cried was when I cut her and pushed things deep in her. Mm. In a way, I'd begun to feel fond of her. I never got agitated or bothersome or angered at her. I just felt calm and peaceful and enjoyed. I never meant to be mean to her. I was just pleasuring myself. Though I could not tell from her screaming that the things I'd done must have hurt a powerful lot, especially when I plugged her pee hole with a Plum bum and things like that.
3: Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, Jesus what is a plum bum? I think it's like a lead, uh, a little pointed lead thing. I tried to look it up. It, it, it's not even a real thing. I, I don't know. It must be a southern it might be, thing.
2: It might be just a slang term. Yeah. I don't know. That like, poor it might not girl. be real.
0: Oh my gosh. I, I yeah. <laughs>
3: So he would transport them alive in the back of his car. Now, he would transport them alive because he learned this from the Genovese family. In the back of his car and to a dump spot near the coastal marshes, he would hogtie them and throw them in the water while they were still alive. Now, he started buying items at pawn shops in Columbia, where I'm originally from, for his murder kit. Hoses, hand pumps, blowtorches, acids, lighters, hammers, hatchets, cables he'd buy all this stuff
0: he had all this stuff on him yeah oh my god to
3: torture victims that's worse than israel keys murder kits oh uh, yeah i was thinking of that yeah this is about his coastal kills
0: some saturdays and sundays i drove around the coast not looking for hitchhikers just searching out places "'On backwaters on the P.D. River, "'near where I had worked with the Cypress Cutting and hauling Crews, "'I found out logging, ro- logging roads that went for miles into the swamps "'and more trails into marshes south of Georgetown "'and near Charleston and Bluffton and Beaufort. "'There was so many good places, it was hard choosing. I decided on spots I could get to quick from main highways but far enough away so I wouldn't have to worry about anybody seeing or hearing. I always picked spots that had a nice burying place close by.
3: So now every time you drive by a marsh here in Charleston, you can think if there's any bodies of peewee in
0: there. Oh, yes. Thanks for ruining the beautiful marsh life for me. <laughs>
3: Now, he actually moved to Charleston with one of his wives. I can't remember which one, probably like the third or fourth. When we moved first to North Charleston, I had noticed that my bothersomeness was coming as regular monthly as a woman's ragtime, and it always let me know a few days ahead when to expect it. I got nervous by the 10th, edgy and mean by the 12th, and the pains commenced on the 14th and 15th. Years later, I read... About the woman's pMSing thing and reckoned that what I had was pre-murdering signals
0: I'm not laughing at that but I am I didn't yeah, notice I that before you know they have ragtime was like a a, a, a form of music and they were he referred to a, you know a woman's period as a ragtime so I'm wondering ragtime music was related to that term at all
3: yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's that's a, a good point. Does
0: anyone a- know the answer There's to that? a
3: Charleston dance. I don't know. It's like shag. A, the yeah, Shag. It's yeah, it's like
0: this. Charleston
3: is like this. No, not the Charleston from Fresh Prince. No, that's not the... Tra- oh, yeah, that's it. All right, by Christmas of 1969, he has done the first three of what he calls his coastal kills. Only three that year because he didn't start until September. So that was 1969, three coastal kills. Next year, he started every six weeks or so on average. Of killing. Now, October of 1970, he had killed 10 coastal murders, coastal kills. Now, I'm going to kind of end it here for tonight. He didn't only pick up girls, okay? Hmm. But it happened accidentally once, he would talk about. Mm -hmm. And this episode, we'll talk about this. But if you want to read this...
2: It was March and cold as the balls and the brass monkey, or tits on that witch... And there weren't shit hardly somewhere. nobody <laughs> out hitching. I figured I was in for a drive to Florida. Hmm. Then I saw the two of them north of Savannah hitching south. That They was the kind that had packs on their backs and walked along the highway and half-assed them without turning around. Like they weren't expecting anybody to stop and didn't really give much a shit whether anybody did or not. They both had long, straight hair, and I would have sworn they was girls. Of course, I couldn't see their asses because of their packs. It wasn't until I stopped and got out to open the Mustang's trunk and I had seen they was boys. They was lean, skinny in fact, and they were trying to spout flimsy blonde beards. They was fourteen, they said, when they was in the car and we headed south. They had not met on the road, both runaways, so they had something in common right off. And they was going to Florida because it was warm there, but neither one had any idea how was they was going to live when they get there. They was just damn determined they was never going back home. Wow, that's a funny story because um uh When One time when
0: my family and I were driving back home from Florida, my mom was driving, and she swore she saw a hitchhiker, except none of us saw this hitchhiker. Maybe it was a ghost. And we swear it was a ghost because she was adamant. She was like, no, there was a hitchhiker, and we're like, what are you talking about? She said he was wearing a green pack, but... We neither of us, none, none of the three of us saw him. So maybe it was hmm. the ghost of one of these hitchhikers north of Savannah, because that's we were, we were in Georgia hmm. um, when this happened. So fun story.
3: All right, so we're going to end there. And next time for the next well, episode,
2: wait, did he kill them and rape them? We don't know.
3: That's for the next episode. <gasps> Tune in to episode number two of the Pee Wee Gaskins Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> Pee-wee's big murder adventure tour. Oh, can we please call it that? And what we're going to talk about next time is what will Pee-wee do with these two boys? Will he let them go? Or (laughs) will he do something more deviant? All right. I'll also...
2: It's Probably uh, not off to a good start for these boys.
3: I'll also i also tell you about his other type of gruesome murder style. Remember I told you about the coastal kills. Yeah. He's got another category. I'm oh, going to tell geez. you about that on the next episode. I'm also going to discuss next time the reasoning about why Pee Wee Gaskins decided to buy a hearse, a black hearse, and put a sign in the back of it that says, I haul anything dead or alive.
2: Well, that's not disturbing. He Mm -hmm. was
3: also bragging to everyone that he had his own private cemetery, but no one took him seriously. Hmm. All right. I'm also going to tell you about Pee-wee's daring escape from prison that no one could do but Pee-wee.
2: Because he was so small.
3: So small. And it includes a garbage can. Interesting. Very clever. I'm also going to tell you about Pee-wee's biggest mistake and the murder that got him caught, mm. and how Pee-wee pulled off what was known to be an impossible murder from inside the walls of a maximum security prison mm. in wow. South Carolina, and it does not involve a shank or anything. What? It is MacGyver status. Huh. So, all that and
2: more. Very interesting.
3: Episode 2. This has been Episode 1. Talk Murder to Me presents the Pee-wee Gaskins, Pee-wee's Big Murder Adventure Tour. And we hope to see you on episode two.
0: I can't wait to hear what happens next. This has been a really...
2: Thoroughly disturbing story. Yes.
3: All right, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this story on Pee Wee Gaskins. I spent a lot of time researching this for you guys. Uh, Be sure to go to talkmer.com and see all the links, the sources I used. And I'm putting the... the book, Final Truth, up there for Tacos Primos and Small Tacos. If you really enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button or whatever podcasting app you use. If you really like this episode, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're absolutely obsessed with this podcast and want to become our stalker, go to talkmurder.com slash join, become a Tacos Primo. Get a badass t-shirt, sticker swag, a lot of love, shout it out all over the place, tell me what story you may do. I'll research it, dedicate it to you on the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John, here with Jen and Nicole, and until next time, (laughs) Also, here's a challenge. That thing I do at the thing that I do at the end, like yeah. if yeah. you enjoyed this episode or whatever, if someone <gasps> could actually recite that,
2: us or them? Ooh, them,
3: them. If someone can actually recite that
2: we'll and record your- better it. than
3: I can. I don't know. I might have to give you a pretty big prize. What do what you think? Oh,
2: let's just put it on the air. You guys, record yeah. yourself trying yeah. to, uh, trying to John. do. Because John, John does it fresh every episode. Yeah, he does yeah, not record it. it. Every
3: episode is not recorded.
2: Pre recorded. When yeah. I
3: was uh, driving home from Hilton Head, I did like four hour
2: sessions of it. You, all <laughs> you were doing <laughs> totally on those drive homes Different like with that. your
0: glasses on. It's like a Clark Kent effect, but like backwards.
3: But like ugly. No no, <laughs> so
0: like ugly? no, no, backwards Clark Kent.
3: So, like ugly?
0: No, backwards Clark Kent.
3: What is back? Is gay? I don't understand.
0: <laughs> no, like Clark Kent is like boring and whatever. And then he takes his glasses off and he comes
2: Superman. When you put your glasses on, you're ready to talk murder well, to Well, I'm me.
3: Superman 24 7. All right. Should so- we all
2: brand ourselves after? Like get a little tattoos of tacos after the show? Yes. I don't yes, have yes. any tattoos. I'm, I no, don't but a uh, tattoo.
3: if you, you go to the one? show. Oh. If you go to the show, you could probably meet us at IHOP later that night.
2: Ooh, we should yeah. find an IHOP that's close by.
3: I have Dinky Doo you know. disease.
2: Dip doo? What?
3: Dinky doo? It's dick where do. it's where your belly sticks out Father further than your, your Dinky doo. Do. <laughs> it's di-
0: Dick Dick doo. Dinky
3: doo. You ruined the joke. <laughs> it's Dinky doo. It's Dick doo. No, that's stupid. I don't say Dick. That's I don't like that word.
0: Well, oh, well, that's you.
3: Thanks for I've ruining my that. joke. I'm gonna start. Say in your punch lines before.
0: You don't always know my punch lines. My All shit right. comes out of everywhere.
3: All I have to say is have a great day. That's fine. It doesn't offend me. I, th- I
0: just think that <laughs> I like it when you say that. You know why? Because it actually means you were actually listening to something that I said. What? Uh, bang!
1: <laughs> Maddie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene, but human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's All Natural Acid and Indigestion Relief, a drug-free remedy for human nature, available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious, beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo
2: meal.